Okay, Jordan. Woo! Is that when we're supposed to do it? I went early. Yeah. Welcome to Kings of the Hill, episode three, The Arrowhead. I'm Jordan. I'm Jesse. Uh, I'm from Texas. And I'm from all over New England. My Texas bona fide is that. I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> Gentlemen, the John Deere 518R walk behind Tiller. And if I'm not mistaken, this model comes with a hat. Can I have it? So we have our cold open, and Hank got a. New John Deere Tiller. Tiller. Yeah, Roto yep. Tiller. I almost said a Roto Chipper. Roto Chipper? Yeah. I, I obviously live in an apartment because I yeah. forgot what... <laughs> you don't know what any of these machines are. Yeah. But it's a it's a John Deere and it comes with a hat. Yeah. I find it really interesting that uh, that he gives Dale the hat. Yeah. Um, you don't really see Hank wearing hats that often, though. That's Unless true. it's a Strickland propane hat. Yeah. Whereas, of course, Dale's always in his hat. Yep. I just got a haircut, and so with my receding hairline, I'm going to start wearing a lot more hats. <laughs> Need to actually... Find some some new hats. I think that is kind of the. I don't think it's ever said out loud, but it's pretty much inferred that Dale just wears hats because he's bald and he wants right. to hide it. So you're gonna wear like baseball hats, or you're gonna wear like fancy. You're gonna wear like well, that's what I've been talking to my wife about, like finding some some non baseball hats. Yeah, <clears throat> you'll be the hat guy. Yeah, because uh, pretty much I have my Red Sox hat, and I have mm-hmm. like. My floppy hat that I wear when I'm mowing the lawn. But that's not allowed <laughs> off our property, basically. <laughs> the dad hat? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I gotta find uh, some some new hat options. Bobby, come meet our new roto-tiller. Later, Hike. This is educational TV time. What we're about to see is British comedy. You may not understand all of it at first because it's more sophisticated than what we're used to. That man is wearing a dress. Exactly. So they, they actually set up the the conflict right here in the episode where Peggy is trying to educate Bobby by getting him to watch PBS <laughs> and the educational British comedies. Yes, the educational British comedies of men cross-dressing. <laughs> yeah, men cross-dressing and, and having a tear in their, um, in their stockings. Yeah, which really, you know, that could be, you know, Benny Hill. Faulty uh, Towers? They don't cross dress in Faulty. Wait, Faulty what are you Towers. Too, right? I don't know that I ever saw Faulty Towers. Oh, really? Yeah, it's uh, John or, Cleese. Well, I was going to say Monty Python. Was he in that after mm-hmm. Python? Pretty sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah, so like Monty Python, and then you also have like Keeping Up Appearances, right? And Good Neighbors. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you watch them, it's really not like um, there's this uh, thing that like everything British is more highbrow. Yeah, that, but that's I think that's just the stuff that gets like transported over because we actually went over to England and I remember watching TV in the hotel and I was like, this stuff is worse than America. <laughs> <laughs> really? Like what? I mean, well, it's it's super weird because like their the reality shows are a lot more like bright and like neon and almost more like commercially plasticky seeming. Oh, really? And stuff and I, mean, I guess they do have accents, which makes it better. But yeah, they're I, the teeth probably make it seem more. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I can't wait any longer. Bobby's just going to have to watch the tape. Hank just decides that he's just going to show him the videotape instead, which <laughs> yeah. is spot on middle America of just videotaping everything. Yeah. And your every, new yeah. yard tool. Yeah. Even though I think it, it definitely makes sense for Hank Hill to videotape his new yard yard tool. Yeah. Starting up. But it, it kind of explains how you get 
uh, America's Funniest Home Videos. Right. Because you're like, why would somebody videotape yeah, this? Why were they rolling film on this? Yeah. <laughs> like somebody carrying a toilet down the stairs. It's like, why, why are you videotaping this again? Yeah. It makes a lot more sense with phones because it's just like... It's with you. Digital data and it's with you. Right. When people actually had to buy tape. Yeah, when you had to load up VHS tapes into the camcorder. (laughs) (laughs) But then it breaks immediately. Mm -hmm. On a rock. Yep. And he says, he says, Made in America cannot just be a marketing gimmick like Dolphin Safe. It's got to stand for something. But we find out that it is the, here's the inciting incident. It is, we find out that it's an arrowhead. Yeah, Peggy identifies it. Peggy identifies it. Yeah, Hank, Hank thinks he's just got a rock that broke his tiller. <laughs> yeah. But uh turns out to be an arrowhead, which that's pretty suspect if, you know, this little arrowhead breaks your new tiller. That's uh, yeah. some pretty poor quality. I'm kind of surprised they actually used the John Deere name yeah. and color if it made it seem that flimsy. <laughs> that is interesting. Yeah, I didn't even think about the legal process that they'd have to go through. Right. To get... Because I've run over plenty of rocks in my lawnmower. Oh, yeah. I run over lots of rocks every time I mow my lawn. Yeah. Do they ever shoot out at your ankles? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That hurts. Yeah. I haven't mowed the lawn in like five years. <laughs> it's been so great. No, I haven't mowed the lawn. Who cares? <laughs> Actually, I was excited. Our neighbor mowed his lawn for the first time since he moved in like almost a year ago this oh, weekend. Wow. So I almost wonder if he got some sort of like notice from the city or something because it was pretty bad city knows bad that would be <laughs> that would be quite a uh, quite a life what do you call it? examining moment yeah where you're like oh the city just told me my house looks awful like that's how <laughs> that's how bad it looks whenever well, yeah, the government gets involved what's wrong dad oh this dang rock busted up my rototiller a rock that is no rock this is an arrowhead an Indian arrowhead. I led a field trip once to the Museum of Texas Cultures. A little girl swallowed one just like this by mistake. She thought it was a rock too. Oh, but Peggy identifies it as a as an Indian arrowhead, and yep. uh, Bobby informs them. We learned in school you don't call them Indians anymore. You call them Native Americans. It's like saying same sex partner instead of Bobby, Bobby. <gasps> which really dates the show because that's. Yeah. Such a passe phrase now. Exactly, like, that yeah. sounds like 20 years ago. Well, except today, it's like you have like five names for everything, and you don't know which one is the right one to say. I mean, even you definitely know which ones are the wrong ones to say. Yeah, no, you definitely <laughs> know what's wrong. But even you know, I can't remember the last time I earnestly heard someone use the phrase "same sex partner." Cool, Dad. What is that? Some old Indian thing. So later we're in the garage and. We see that Hank has found yet another Indian artifact or Native American artifact, and he's using it as a uh, as, as a light switch. As a light switch. His, I love his explanation of the of the how it's used. Well, I don't know much about Indians, but I do know tools. And if I had to guess, I'd say you jam one of these in the back of a white man's skull, twist the handle like so, and then your blood runs out through the hole here. Next, we get the first acknowledgement of to John Redcorn and Nancy of the affair. Yeah, it's the first really blatant, yeah, yeah, uh, reference to it. Yeah. You know, it's been sort of hinted at previously, but yeah, it's clear that Hank just assumes that John Redcorn is going to be at Nancy's house. Although I guess <laughs> yeah. maybe his his jeep might be out front. Uh, hi, Nancy. Oh, uh, sorry, Shug. Dale's at work. Uh, yeah. Uh. Yeah, I'm not looking for Dale. Uh, I'm looking for uh, John Redcorn. 
John Redcorn, it's for you. But I think I one thing subtle thing that I really love is when John Redcorn starts talking about his heritage and out of nowhere just this wind starts blowing and his hair flows <laughs> yes. in the wind no matter where he is. <laughs> and the the flute starts playing in the background. Oh yeah, but this is a really great example how King of the Hill will show hypocrisy but in on like both sides mm-hmm. i think one other show that does that is south park i think we've said that before but yeah yeah and when he talks about how hank think about what you're doing it is wrong to take what belongs to another person and- john red corn well food for thought right and then he thinks about what he's actually <laughs> saying and then walks away but he- i think it happens a couple times in this episode but yeah and he explains to hank that it's a tool used for straightening the shaft of an arrow. Uh-huh. In a pinch, though, you could jam it into someone's brain stem, right? Yes, but that's true of almost any tool. So next he decides to go to college campus. Yeah, he goes to Arlen University. Is that what it says? Yeah. I didn't see. I, I was wondering if it was UT because the guy had a Texas uh, yeah, sweatshirt it looks, on. It looks a lot like... There are several things that look like UT mm-hmm. in there. Like as he's walking in, it sort of looks like the student union building and then... Yeah. The inside of the classroom looks like some of the buildings. Right. But yeah, so it sort of looks like UT. So Arlen's supposed to be Garland. So Garland's... I've heard, I've heard Taylor. I don't know where I heard that. But I remember oh, okay. hearing that at one point that yeah. somebody had this hypothesis that it was Taylor. It's probably not any... Yeah, I don't know that it's any university. one university. Yeah. It's just uh, supposed to be the Arlen representation of Texas right, right. universities. But I really love the the hemp discussion right as he's walking on campus mm-hmm. it's a timeless it's a timeless thing that's exactly what oh, you yeah. get if you walked on campus today right and but it's interesting that the kid describes it in such a way that hank is on board yeah. immediately what's hemp it's a cheap and durable source of fibers that can be used for making clothing rope and paper typical government overregulation. why wouldn't they legalize this stuff well because you know it's basically <laughs> marijuana yeah we get in a later episode hank accidentally smoke like taking one puff of a marijuana joint (laughs) and just having an absolute meltdown oh yeah he he thinks that he's too high to drive and he accidentally tries to induce vomiting (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) and we get the the feminist that's right they're breasts big deal what other what other stereotypical college character do we get I mean, we get the the professor. The professor. We get the the professor is like a really interesting mix of several things because he's like the leftist professor, kind of, but almost not really. He's he's more opportunistic. Yeah, he's super opportunistic. He doesn't, but he. I don't think he actually says anything that would label him as a liberal college professor. No, I wouldn't say there's anything that makes him probably only super his uh, probably only his convertible that he drives, which I right. think is a little like I think a a college professor that can afford a Saab is probably a little outlandish. <laughs> well, that depends where you teach. So I, I had a tuba professor, and he said that as soon as the students graduated and got their first job, they were making more money than he was as a band director. Yeah, so. let me explain something to you, Mister Hill. To the Native Americans, everything is sacred. The sun, the dirt. You want to pay me for the air you've been breathing since you came in? That's sacred, too. But yeah, so Hank goes in and shows him what he's found in his yard. And the guy basically tries to, like, 
swindle him. So, uh, what do you think they're worth? Well, the arrowhead, that's worth nothing. That's garbage. Here, let me throw it away for you. It's on me. Uh, how about the other one? A Caddo tribesman might have traded this for, say, a new loincloth. What's a crotch-sized piece of leather go for these days? I certainly do not know. Can't be more than $10, right? At which point, I'm kind of surprised Hank just doesn't leave with it. Yeah. He knows the, he knows the value of $10, though. Yes. It's probably has more use to him than the uh, arrow straightener. So, sells them to the professor uh, and then leaves. At which point, the professor dives through the trash yeah. to pull out the arrowhead. Those objects were cultural. They could have expanded Bobby's mind. And I, for one, want my son's brain to swell up as big as it'll go. Later, Hank and Peggy have a... Uh, having a fight over Hank single-handedly selling the the artifacts without consulting Peggy and how it's going to negatively impact Bobby's future. Uh, which we do see later on. Oh, I, I love Hank's argument that... Got $10 for some junk that Bobby would have just ended up swallowing. <laughs> yeah. So many of Bobby's behaviors are that of a dog. <laughs> of, a, of a kind of a dumb dog. Yeah. What are you doing? You're eating fried chicken for breakfast? Nuh-uh. We're making bones for Bobby's social studies project. Oh, yeah. Hank comes in to see Bobby eating chicken in the morning because he's trying to make a Native American artifact out of, out chicken of the chicken bones. bones. And you, you see Bobby just whole stock repeating Peggy's rant. Yeah. It's a Native American necklace like the Tonkawa War. I was going to bring in the arrowhead and get an A and maybe even go to college. But Mom says you sold out my future for $10. I hope you're happy. That's still mom talking. Which is funny. When you have kids, that's totally what happens. They <laughs> repeat things that your parents tell them. That's funny. Do you like, is there something that Marshall will say to you and he'll like, it'll just sound exactly like Danielle? No, I can't think of any, like nothing to that level yet. I'm sorry, gentlemen, but we are not in the market for a new religion. Who, me? Oh, no, no, no. I'm an archaeologist. Professor John Lerner, PhD. And then as Peggy's on her way to work, the professor and I guess his associate walks up and she mistakes him for uh, Mormons. Yeah. Or Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. So well, they were dressed, it's because they were dressed, right? Do Jehovah's Witnesses dress in like the suits and ties and stuff? Uh, no, I guess Jehovah's Witnesses are always like white shirt, no jacket. Mm. Like stark white shirt, no tie, no jacket. Yeah. From what I remember. Have you heard Jehovah's Witnesses come? Oh, yeah. Our old apartment complex, they would come around all the time. And then we had a uh, community garden with some friends of ours, uh, and they would come by that place pretty frequently. We would give them vegetables. Oh, nice. <laughs> I had uh, some Mormons come one, one, I think it was like a Saturday or Sunday morning, and I had like just woken up. <laughs> I was like, hey. Yeah, no. <laughs> Me and Jesus, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> I took a swig out of the whiskey bottle. That's right. Oh, but we, we we find out that the professor's name is John Lerner, which I had to listen to it a couple times and actually look it up because I thought it was John Lennon because he actually looks a lot like John Lennon. I think that's kind of... Oh, the, yeah, I could see that. I think they were trying to maybe tie in just yeah, a little bit of that, that little feeling. Because when he... I mean, if you know a little bit about John Lennon, he wasn't the most upstanding guy. I mean, yeah. I think he, he was like a spousal abuser and some of that stuff wasn't all peace and love. So I think it, it maybe it, maybe this is thinking about it too hard. But the guy who seems like all about like either 
education or about the pursuit of knowledge or about love in John Lennon's case, but then behind the scenes are actually just kind of scummy. Yeah, I think that's true in, in a lot of cases, probably. Yeah. You know, the thing someone pushes really hard, it's probably, you know, in a lot of cases because they're lacking in that thing. Would you say as a librarian for the state of Congress <laughs> that you have to... The, the state of Congress? The state of Congress. The state of Texas <laughs> Congressional Library. You don't have to deal with any of that, right? No. Yeah. No, there's there's none of that in politics. I mean, yeah. At all. Ever. Everyone's super earnest and... Mm-hmm. Yep. Pursuit of the common man. It's like the West Wing. It's exactly. I thank you. Archaeology thanks you. And most of all, I want you to thank yourself. Oh, no. I couldn't. For advancing the cause of knowledge, Peggy? Come on now. I want to hear it. Well, thank you, Peggy Hill. You are welcome. We get another instance of... of Peggy doing the uh, thinking herself, or I guess it's actually instigated by the professor, but he gets her to think herself. Oh yeah. He totally Jedi mind tricks her into signing that thing. Yeah. Well, he plays the same trick on her that the, uh, the crazy lady plays on Luann. Right. In the next episode by appealing to their, their desire to be seen as smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. So yeah, Peggy signs off on this permission for, uh, for the professor and his team to dig uh, on their property. And as soon as Hank finds out. How could you do that, Peggy, without even asking me? Well, you sold that arrowhead without asking me. Fine, we're even. But I think you owe my lawn an apology. We're waiting. You know, but it's kind of crazy, especially knowing from, you know, last season about how intensely personal hank takes the lawn then mm-hmm. you know they're gonna come in and dig it up yeah yeah well i mean yeah we see that play out though he's he just is almost in a constant state of grieving his lawn yeah hank i thought you told dale not to mow at this hour what that's not dale's mower that's not a mower at all no Okay, so we wake up the next morning, like early in the morning before sunrise. Yeah. To to what they think is Dale mowing the lawn. Yeah, what Peggy thinks is Dale mowing. Yeah. Hank knows immediately that's not Dale's lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, he can tell by the sound. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he, his, he opens his blinds and sees the... The backhoe. The backhoe. Just, like, take a big old chunk out of his lawn. Yeah, right in the middle. Screams until he fogs up the entire window and then continues (laughs) screaming as he... Has to rub it down again just to keep screaming. But in the end, you know, after Boomhauer's legal reading of the uh of the agreement therefore after referred to as dang old affirmation antiquities pursuant to the public domain title nine said with such state resource code but i tell you what man is there tight boomhauer i didn't understand a word you just said damn legalese but it's funny reading so much law now i totally mm-hmm. understood what he said oh, really? <laughs> like, yep solid <laughs> i never thought i'd see the day when my own government would go around stealing people's land Think about it, Hank. Isn't that what happened to the peoples who lived here before us? And we also get Bill doing his best impression of the uh, crying Indian. Yes, I love that. Yeah. 
<laughs> and because usually Bill kind of backs down from those. Like he'll like say something and the guys will stare him down and he'll like apologize. But he's just like, yeah. didn't apologize. <laughs> he nope. did the crying <laughs> thing. What I'm about to say goes against everything I believe. But you play dirty and you leave me with no choice. You are sued, mister. You're all witnesses. And you're all being sued too. And you're the witness to that. Well, it's hilarious that Hank run around's declaring that they're all sued. Yeah. You know, you're sued. You're and sued. He was like, he hated saying it. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny being Greg Daniels because it reminded me of um, Michael Scott declaring bankruptcy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I declare bankruptcy! But Peggy is really on prof- the professor's side. Yeah. Um, to the point where she just says that they need to invite him to dinner. Yeah. Which is really surprising that Hank would even go yeah. along with that well he he doesn't he also doesn't want to do it for bobby's sake because don't turn dinner into school peggy dinner's one of the few things bobby's good at <laughs> oh yeah it reminds me of the the quote from last season where he's like tell me about your near perfect attendance bobby oh, yeah, at dinner we we learned that the professor went to university, university of, chicago. of chicago that's one of the finest schools in the country school they don't even have a football team. Which I, I looked this up on the, the King of the Hill Wikipedia, and they said that there actually is a football team. It's a Division Three football. Yeah, team. it would strike me that University of Chicago would have to have a football team. Well, it's Division Three, so I don't I don't know if Hank Hill would consider that a, a real football team. Maybe not. it sounds like a practice squad. <laughs> Apologies to any Chicago <laughs> <laughs> or anyone with a D three school. Were you a D three school? Or did you even have a football team? The college I went to didn't have a football team till like four years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, wow. Well, it was an all-girls school until like 1983. Oh, um, I don't think I knew that. What was it called? Anna Maria College. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it was all-girls school from 47 to 83. And then like when I was there, it was probably three or four girls to every guy. <laughs> You're um, like, oh, yeah. Uh, I was already dating Danielle when I transferred in. Oh, okay. So, but yeah, they started a football program in like 2010 or 2012 mm. um, and lost every game until the last <laughs> game of the third season. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but they actually recruited a bunch of kids from Texas oh, really? who were going to be like third stringers at UT or TCU or wherever. Wow. And it was like they were not going to have any playing time. You know, they weren't getting scholarships or anything. Yeah. And they were like come up and you know start this program blah 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 Hmm. and got like one or two kids and then like a bunch of their friends sort of Mm -hmm. followed them so yeah school that was like 90 percent massachusetts you know residents all Mm -hmm. of a sudden had this like influx of (laughs) kids from texas and oklahoma (laughs) uh just because they could actually get playing time could you spot them from across the uh i wasn't there i was already i was already in texas at that oh right well it is is really weird hearing that your favorite nun has been quoted in sports illustrated (laughs) (laughs) what because she was like one of the staunchest like anti-football people oh, in really? the beginning but she actually like her mind got changed as hmm. they went along because like they actually recruited like good kids and like you know the coaches like you know instilled good values in them and things like that and so yeah. you know and she saw how it actually did rally the campus and stuff like that so so yeah she was quoted because they did this story on them when they finally won a game <laughs> uh, and they quoted sister event <laughs> <laughs> that's cool who is our favorite nun so those were all, all your professors were nuns no there were very few by the time we got there oh, okay because um, there was a cup there were a couple required religion classes those were usually taught by 
either priests or nuns. And then, yeah, everything else is just sort of normal professors. That's funny that, yeah. like, Anna Maria College could very easily pivot to be co-ed. But Texas Women's University, like, accepts both male and female applicants. Mm-hmm. That's just hilarious because it's still called Texas Women's University. Yeah. How did we get there? University of Chicago not having a football. Or oh, University Only having football. a D3 football team. Yeah. Which Texas Tech has Division One, and we have the best quarterback in the nation. So, Patrick well, Mahomes, Mahaisman. Doesn't everybody have the best quarterback in the nation in March? Uh, not if, unless they're Texas Tech. <laughs> you know what? We never did get back on topic. Nope. <laughs> Tell me more, Professor. Right, Mom? Oh, but yeah, it's I, I love um, whenever Hank and Peggy are having a disagreement. I think my favorite aspect of them having a disagreement is Bobby being confused as to yeah. what to do because like he has these conflicting ideas coming at him and he's just trying to please everybody. Right, because he just wants to make them both so happy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I think it happens a couple times where he'll look at Peggy and she'll be like nodding her head and he looks at Hank and he'll be like shaking it. But I like that he he tries the professor tries to one up Hank's football conversation by explaining that the Kato Indians played a game a, like football. They called it chunky. Only they use sticks, darts, and rolling discs of stone. It reminds me of um, like whenever you have someone being like, "Oh, football!" You know, in the rest of the world, it's called football. <laughs> a man wearing jewelry—that's funny. Like on PBS. Bobby. Oh yeah, whenever that professor leaves, he. We see his his bracelet, yeah, like the uh, the Cato uh, tribe, and and <laughs> Bobby's fascinated by a man wearing jewelry. <laughs> yeah, it's a clear callback to the uh, to the cross dressing British television. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the next day, we see that as the professor's leaving, we get kind of like the first like instance of him like trying to like hit on Peggy to oh, gain yes, more. Yes. Yeah, because the, the the bracelet is. Not a love bracelet. But it's like, like a, a friendship bracelet. Yeah, like a friendship yeah. bracelet. Yeah, we, we clearly see Hank's jealousy starting to mm-hmm. set in. What in God's name? Stadium lights, like the cowboys use. Well, now the professor can dig all night if he wants to. The cowboys would treasure my lawn, not turn it into some kind of a freak show. Had, Which I wonder Jerry Jones I went on the cowboys? Probably. That was like 92 that he did that. I have no idea. Oh, right. You, you didn't live here in 92. Nope. Anything. You haven't lived in Texas for a Cowboys Super Bowl. Nope. I can't watch Cowboys. Jerry Jones has just, just ruined professional football for me. <laughs> and so I'm just going to wait until he dies. But he's rich, so that'll take a while. <laughs> yeah, it will. Oh, but I've also heard that his son's going to take over, which just could be the worst. So as they're talking about the stadium lighting, Peggy points out that uh, through this whole thing, Bobby has gained a role model. Uh, and this is when Hank sees that she's wearing the bracelet. Yeah. So clearly sometime between the dinner and here, he, the guy has, the professor has given her this bracelet. Right. And we just clearly see Hank's tension rise. Yeah. I guess even worse whenever thing. Dale says that, like, Every once in a while, a guy suspects his wife has a thing for another man. That's not what I'm thinking at all. I'm thinking about cheese logs. Uh-huh. My Nancy's going to Corpus Christi this weekend for some migraine workshop. I'm suspicious as hell. See ya, Shug. Feel better. Bring me back a shot glass. Good thing John Redcorn's going with her. He can keep an eye on things. 
and he drives up with feel like making love blaring from his <laughs> <Yeah>. jeep <laughs> it's so hilarious to the music that they choose for yeah. john redcorn <laughs> classic rock who is that okay now i'm gonna have to look who sings feel like making love i don't understand who sings feel like making love bad company not bad sound quality so after john redcorn and nancy leave we cut down to hank in the basement uh putting together a fake artifact yep. for the professor to find using his using all of his tools and yep blowtorch <laughs> and bill's trying to give him advice what are you making i'm making a problem go away uh-huh what you got possums nope this jerk archaeologist who... You know what works for me. You slip a cap full of arsenic into a side of bacon. Well, that would be murder, Bill. But this is rather devious for Hank. Yeah. Like, it's kind of surprising to see him going to this mm. length. You can tell he's he's shaken by the... Right. By the whole thing. So he, he goes and hides it that night. And yep. they're hoping that the professor will find it. And uh, cut to the next morning. And he's saying... Find anything? Hmm? No, not yet. Huh. You've been at it all morning. Think you'd have turned up something by now. Well, archaeology is a game of patience. You know, that sounds a lot like fishing. Sometimes when you're not having any luck in one spot, you move to a new spot. Like over there. Yep. That's where I'd fish, right over there. Professor! Come quick! So Peggy finds the, you know, Hank's planted artifact mm-hmm. and, you know, she immediately thinks it's, it's legit and, you know, a Native American uh, artifact. Made from the finger bones of their enemies. Right. It's weird because, you know, the, uh, the professor's really been, you know, playing on her wanting to be intelligent. And here all of a sudden he sort of flips on her. Yeah. And just sets her up to look totally foolish. Yeah. Which I wonder, like, his motivation. Is it because, I guess, he's already gotten all of the permission he needs for everything? Well, he's gotten the permission, and, you know, I don't know if maybe he he's found what he's going to find, so he doesn't really care anymore or what. Yeah. But, but yeah, he, he asked Peggy what she thinks this is, and she thinks it's uh, a necklace made out of the finger bones of their enemies. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're bones. Yeah, and, and they're about uh, the size of fingers. Yep. But then the professor goes to all of his you know, I would assume grad students and ask them what they think it is. And, you know, they point out that it's chicken bones and uh, kite string. Yeah. Kite string and things. And just totally puts down peg and, and makes her feel dumb. Uh, which is when we get Hank yeah, standing up for his woman. Right. Um, and I think we see here how, just how satisfying taking the low road can be. <laughs> <laughs> just pushing no. the professor. <laughs> Okay, okay. You pushed me in. Whatever it takes to make you feel good about yourself. <clears throat> Mr. Hill, violence doesn't solve anything. So why don't we just discuss this like... <clears throat> you know what's ironic about this? You're the one who looks stupid right now. <clears throat> okay? So you're stronger than I am. You've proven that. Fine. <clears throat> I'm starting to enjoy this. I really am. I want you to push me in the hole. Please, push me in the hole. Okay. <clears throat> So that's how the episode ends is like he he like has this um, come to Jesus moment with Peggy where he kind of admits his well not necessarily comes right out and admits it but in his own understated way 
says that he was feeling a little jealous. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> as the episode ends, every time the professor tries to climb out of the hole, he just pushes him back in. <laughs> yeah. Including the last time when Peggy pushes him back in the hole. Yeah. And then Bobby. <laughs> oh, Bobby, he says, Bobby go on, push me. He says, go on, push me again. And Bobby's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. that Of the, the whole episode, that one cracked my wife up more than anything. It was just the repeatedly pushing him into the hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I mean, so many shows would be like, yeah, take, taking the high road and like see how funny it is, or whatever, right. or like revealing, like whenever you reveal the the antagonist for who he is, and then it's like your characters take the high road, but no, it just nope, just keep it's really him in satisfying. The hole. <laughs> push him in the hole, and that's what makes King of the Hill great. Yep. Uh, let's go ahead and rate this episode. So it's an interesting counterpoint with this episode versus the next one, uh, Halloween, where we see a lot of similarities with with Peggy and Luann and mm-hmm. wanting to feel intelligent and how that all plays out. So I thought it was just uh, a really interesting look into Peggy and sort of what makes her tick and, you know, sort of how she wants to be seen. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think you can see throughout the series that flattery is always a way to uh, yeah to get Peggy to agree with you. She even... She is. She has such a like inflated sense of self that she even calls uh, spaghetti and meatballs spa Peggy and meatballs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so how would you rate this one, Jordan? I think I give it a five eighths. I think it's good. It's one I've seen a lot. Actually, it's it's one like if I'm flipping through and I catch King of the Hill, mm-hmm. I think I've seen it on TV probably like four or five times, just in like reruns and oh, stuff. Really? And so it's one I'm really familiar with. Uh, I think it's a good episode. It is a little light on the jokes, maybe, or maybe not as uh, it's not something where I don't think there's many jokes in he- in this episode that yeah. I remember, or like there's not really any of those like quotable moments, or even like memorable moments. Not necessarily that being quotable makes a good episode, but not that much that really sticks with you. Yeah, I mean, it's a decent character episode, but it's not anything revelatory. Mm-hmm. I would say. Um, so I, say, I think five eights. It's not it's not sixty or anything. I would give it like a C yeah probably yeah i was actually thinking like the exact same thing like five eighths like it was good like there's nothing you know that really jumps out that makes it like super hilarious or super thought-provoking um you know the professor is you know kind of dryly written you know there's not a whole ton going on with him yeah you know but it has some uh you know some funny moments you know particularly like the hemp thing i thought was hilarious yeah um you know, the John Redcorn stuff, things like that, you know, mm. that they're good for a laugh, but yeah, you know, it's not one of those knock it out of the park episodes. Right. Well, I mean, especially cause we watched this episode and then we watched uh Halloween, which is spoiler alert, but I mean like probably one of the best episodes of the series. So yeah. especially yeah, in comparison that's a episode. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's, that's going to be a long episode. Next week. <laughs> and so get ready. Yeah. Solid episode. Not great. Yep. Um, let's do feedback. Feedback. So SCSM35 pointed out the line in this episode where Bobby says, I was going to bring in the Arrowhead and get an A and maybe even go to college. But mom says you sold out my future for $10. I hope you're happy. That's still mom talking. Which I love that. Just the indignation of the whole thing. Yeah. And very, you know, clearly uh, too full a thought for Bobby to have. Yeah. Uh, and then he just totally cops to it at the end. <laughs> yeah, and also like it was a really great animation in the way that he's like the the uh, the facial turn that he has from like being indignant 
to just being like, that was mom. That was mom. Yeah. Space Coast Planet said, nothing productive to say, but your podcast rocks. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Space Thanks, Ghost. Thanks, Space Ghost. I totally didn't just read that to make myself feel good <laughs> online. It's just, it's kind of like, uh, what is it? There's a term for this. Like when you retweet some a compliment that someone says of you. <laughs> I forgot. There's a, there's a special term. But I don't spend time on the internet. All right. Well, I think that's it for this episode. We should will- we make up some... Huh? Some, should we make up some more feedback? To make up some feedback. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah, we got an email. Uh, Sid Venture. I don't know. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like Sid Vicious. Yeah, I know. I, I was thinking Sid Vicious. And I don't know why that came to mind. My uncle He's almost got famous. beat up by his like posse once. Really? Yeah. Because he was trying to get an autograph or something or what? No. Uh, well, my uncle was in bands in New York in the late 70s, early 80s. Really? And was apparently at some bar that Sid Vicious was at and he was like Sid Vicious was like being disrespectful to women that were around or something like that. I don't oh. remember the exact story, but basically the guys he was with wound up like chasing my uncle through New York trying to kick his ass. Wow. Cuz he disrespected Sid Vicious. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yep. Okay. Uh if you have any feedback, uh email us at kingsofthehillpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. Uh Twitter K O T H underscore podcast. Facebook, Facebook, uh, Kings, Kings of, of the, the Hill, Hill podcast, which uh, seems to be taken off. More people uh, follow on the Facebook page and uh, a mm-hmm. little bit of discussion going on there. So yeah. that's cool. Also, uh, leave us a, a good review. If you don't like the show, don't leave a review and don't tell your <laughs> friends that you don't like it because uh, <laughs> it, it helps us uh, it helps um, promote the podcast, actually, because yep. the iTunes I don't know if logistics is the right word, but the iTunes... Um, the algorithm. Algorithm. There we go. <laughs> the algorithm will like uh, promote us more, and uh, we can get more people involved in the yep. discussion. And uh, what else? Oh, check the Kings of the Hill, King of the Hill Reddit page. Yep. Because uh, we'll post on there weekly. Yes. Cool. Well, thank you, guys. See you all next week. Have a good week. Bye. Woo-hoo! Bobby and I have been in the yard all day digging things up. Oh, by the way, he knows his cat didn't run away now.